go for it. you today I want to bring you a great word I hope it's a great word actually I'm going to speak about something a little scary let me just share a couple of weeks ago Joshua who's in grade one now I just want to reach out and say apologies in advance if I offend anyone okay so because I might I very well might so a couple of weeks ago Joshua came up to me and he goes Paula he didn't say Paula he goes we actually were driving home from school he goes hey mum I go, yes, and he had this cheeky face. And he goes, mum, I know what the real F word is. And I went, oh no, you're only in grade one. You're only six years old. We've just started at Annandale Christian College. They should not be teaching you that. But instead, I stayed calm and I said, oh really? Well, Joshua, there are a lot of F words in the world. Father, feather, friend. And he went, no, that's not the real F word. And I went, Joshua, look, we don't use the real F word in our house, you know, we don't want you saying that. And he goes, yeah, but I know it. And I go, what do you think it is? He said, I don't want to say. And I went, okay, okay, just say it, okay? And and just just let me know, Do do you really know it? And he said, are you ready? He said, it's fart. And you know what I said? Yes, it is. And if I ever hear you saying that, <laughs> there'll be hell to pay. <laughs> like this. Anyway, since that point of time, he's actually um, um, discovered that there is an, another real F word. And he's come to me and he said, oh, that's not it, is it, Mum? <laughs> and I said, it is in our house, sweetheart. It is in our house. That's all there is. Maybe some of you actually need to um, extend the other F word to me, forgiveness for sharing that story. We're going to talk about the real F word, which I want to share is forgiveness. Forgiveness. It's, it's a hard word, forgiveness. It's a little bit um, difficult, isn't it, forgiveness? And I thought about the story of the woman caught in adultery, a woman who needed forgiveness. So we've heard the story. Beryl's beautifully read that to us. The, um, I'll just go over it quickly. So Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives, and I think he probably prays there. Then he goes to the temple. A crowd gathered, saw him teaching. And then the Pharisees bring this woman to him. Now, this poor woman brought to Jesus was probably uh, naked or at least very scantily clothed. She was caught in the act of adultery. And they, they gathered her 
from probably the bed of her lover out into the crowd and exposed her in shame and said, we have to kill this woman. She's in court in adultery. What say you, Jesus? You're supposed to be this great teacher. Hmm. I love this story. I really love this story because no doubt this whole thing was set up. I guarantee you, this is the school of thought from the great scholars. You know, it's funny. I was preparing and I go, I bet you that was a setup. And then I thought, I wonder if it was a setup. And you look up the commentaries and they're like, we're pretty sure it was a setup. So, you know, like, obviously it must be. It was a setup. These guys set up Jesus and they set up this poor woman. They set up the whole thing just to put Jesus in this horrible situation where he'd say, where, where, is he going to follow the law or is, is he going to show grace? And then if he shows grace, then we can, you know, deal with him. See, Jesus was really in their bad books. The Pharisees did not like Jesus. In the lead up to this story, Jesus had been pretty well annoying the Pharisees all the way, saying stuff like, your, your sins are forgiven, or healing people on the Sabbath when you're not supposed to heal people, breaking the rules, actually saying things like the kingdom of God is, is coming here now and speaking with authority and speaking in a way that people were drawn to him and people were, the, the Pharisees didn't like this and they wanted to set him up and, and knock him out. They wanted to set him up and put him out. We don't want you. We don't want you taking over. Jesus, oh, he's a good guy, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So, and there stands this woman. I can't imagine what that would have felt like to be that woman, probably lured, lured by good looks, by wealth even, lured to someone's bed to commit an, a, an act of adultery. She, she was in the wrong, but so was he. Where was he? There they were, thinking it's a beautiful alone time, and then all of a sudden dragged out of this place shamed, naked, standing there in front of this crowd and these men and probably women and children standing around saying, let's, let's kill her, let's kill her. What say you, Jesus? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh. Have you ever felt alone, shamed, caught out, busted in your sin? I, I was thinking about this with um, Andrew... Andrew Chan and Mayur and Sukumaran. I mean, they were caught out. They did something wrong. I mean, they pleaded. They pleaded. I mean, people have been there before pleading for your life, pleading for forgiveness, pleading that the, the real F word would be brought upon my life. Forgiveness, please, would you forgive me? Would you please forgive me? And she stands there naked, alone, <coughs> ashamed, and all she can see accusers accusers you low life you you don't deserve to live you're nothing you're nothing can imagine these pharisees all dressed in their finey fancy clothes finey that's a new word <laughs> finey in their shiny fancy clothes is what i meant to say in their shiny fancy clothes looking the part yes i'm a man of god I can call whoever I like to account. Yes, I can. Hmm. This poor woman. These men, I mean, these are just men. 
dressed up in fancy clothes pretty much, but they acted holier than thou. They were Pharisees, teachers of the law. They should have known better, but no, they didn't. Imagine what they would be like if they were called to account. It reminds me of, um, who's old enough, probably a lot of people here, old enough to remember Happy Days? Yeah, I used to watch Happy Days when I was a kid and when Fonzie was wrong, he couldn't say it, remember? He'd always go, I was... I was... I was... He couldn't admit his sin. He couldn't admit when he'd faltered. I could imagine what this is what the Pharisees were like a little bit. I was... No, I'm not. I was... No. These people were upstanding and they had every right to accuse this low-life woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Horrible. They were out for vengeance. They probably gathered others to join with the act of um, vengeance. Come on, women. Come on, children. Let's join this woman. She's a low-life. Look where we caught her. Where was the man too? I mean, really, that's another question. He's probably in on the whole deal. He was probably in on it. He probably set this woman up as well. Such a sad thing. No one was there fighting for her. No one. So they say to Jesus, what will we do with her? What will we do with her? Let's read that story again. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says that we should stone her, which means to kill her with rocks. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus did something different. He stooped down, wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept on demanding an answer. Come on, Jesus, what should we do with her? What should we do with her? And after writing for a little bit, he stood up and said, All right, but let the one who's never sinned cast the first stone. Then he stooped down again, wrote in the dust, and when the accusers heard this, it says they slipped away one by one, beginning from the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle. I think it's an amazing story. So we've spoken about the woman, spoken about these accusers, and then we've got Jesus. I I like reading this story. At the beginning of it, it says that Jesus in the morning went to the garden The garden was a a place that Jesus would pray. I imagine that that morning that Jesus had gathered himself and taken himself to the garden to seek God. And then he went to the temple to teach, which was probably part of his custom. It's probably what he did as a teacher. And so Jesus, he did this. He sought God in the morning. He followed through. He, He followed what he normally did. He went to teach. And there he was confronted with this. He uses, he uses something that the Pharisees didn't have. He uses that real F word that I was talking about before, forgiveness. He uses that and, and that, 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 cuts, that cuts the enemy out, doesn't it? It cuts it down. These men were out for vengeance and Jesus says, anyone else hasn't sinned? Go for it. If you haven't sinned, you go for it. Start. He shows forgiveness. So what does this mean for us? It's a beautiful story, yeah? Beautiful story. What does it mean for us? I think we all align ourselves with someone in the story, yeah? 
Well, I do. Some of us might align ourselves with the woman. Maybe not actually in her position. I mean, that's pretty specific. But we've been caught in sin. We've been caught out. We've been busted. We've been shown up to be a fraud, a liar, a cheat, a manipulator, a user, a gossip. And people find out about it. We've been shown up to be all sorts of things. And people, you know, you know what it's like. You feel like people are standing there accusing you, attacking you. And, and you stand there feeling like, oh, everyone's against me. Have you, have you ever felt this way? They're all against me. Here I am. I, I'm feeling quite ashamed, embarrassed, almost exposed. Why do these people know? I don't want them to know. It's not a very nice place to be. And all you want is mercy. Could you show me mercy? Could you show me forgiveness? Could you show me grace? And people are so willing. I say people. I mean anyone, me, all of us. All of us can be so willing to stand there pointing. Yes, you. Yes, I know you. I know what you did. I know all about you. I love Jesus because, I mean, it's a good thing I love Jesus, you know, being an officer and all. I suppose I ought to, you know. But I love about Jesus. He just, his teachings are just so amazing. I think about, you know, um, I can't remember where, where it is, where it says, remove the, it's in the um, Beatitudes, remove the um, plank from your own eye before you, is it, how's it go? Um, don't, don't point out the, I've got it written down here, I'm not reading it, the log in someone else's eye before removing the plank in your own eye. I mean, we've all got planks in our eyes and it's so easy to point out the log in someone else's, isn't it? I know what you did, you sinner. You're a big sinner. And you can stand there and feel like you're the woman being judged, ashamed, afraid, embarrassed. I love how Jesus follows it up with, and I don't condemn you, I forgive you. I forgive you, I don't condemn you. Maybe instead you actually do align yourself with the Pharisees. Uh, you know one thing about, and um, uh, how do I put this nicely? One thing that we can do in Salvation Army uniform is get dressed up and look the part, but instead, instead on the inside you know that there's a battle going on. And I think somehow for these Pharisees, they would dress up and look the part, but inside there was this internal battle going on, and they know that. They know that. There's this internal battle going on. They're not really knowing God. They're not really seeking him. And I'm not saying that in any judgment. Anyone can do that. You can dress up for church. You can come along, look apart, lead worship, play the piano, sing a pretty song. You can do whatever you like, but you know inside there's this internal battle. And it's easy when you're trying to look the part to go, oh, yes, look what they did. Oh, yes, indeed. How terrible. How terrible. I can't believe they did that. Not what we're called for, is it? We're called to show and be like Jesus. And I say this in judgment because I like the way that Jesus basically exposes that in this story. He exposes that judgment attitude. Oh, look at you. You know, you think you're awesome. He doesn't do that. He actually just pauses, writes in the ground, stands up and says, that's fine. Go ahead. But anyone who hasn't sinned, you go first. So much wisdom. He doesn't condemn them. He doesn't put them down. Neither does he condemn that woman. I think this is an amazing story. Are you, ca are you capturing the essence of forgiveness here? Are you capturing the essence of who his heart is? Forgiveness, his heart of, of love and forgiveness? I th what I can learn from Jesus in this 
is he connected firstly with his father. He went to the garden, he prayed, he sought him, he, he went after him and then he just followed what he want, you know, followed what God had called him to do, to be a teacher, that's what he did. And Jesus, I think that's what helps to give Jesus the wisdom when he seeks God first. How quickly do, do you and I, I, I speak for me, how quickly and easy is it for me to jump in and say something before I pause and think? That's the other thing we can learn from Jesus. Think before we jump in and speak and attack. Just think, pause, wait, pray. Let God's forgiveness flow first in you and in me. What does God want for us in this story? I truly think God wants those of us who feel like the woman to know, neither do I condemn you, you are forgiven. The other thing Jesus says to the woman, which I think is really key, is go and sin no more. So he says, I know what you're doing is wrong. It's wrong. It is wrong. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Living in adultery is wrong, yeah? And he says, go and sin no more. So he doesn't just say, oh yeah, don't worry about it. You're forgiven. Off you go. Do your own thing. He says, go and sin no more. He doesn't just leave her there in the mess. He says, that's fine, but just let's start a new life. Let's walk a different direction. Do you know, that's what repentance is about. When we come to God in forgiveness and say, Jesus, I've sinned, I've fallen away from you, I've walked, I've walked the wrong path, and he calls us to this big word called repentance. And this is what repentance means. So here I am, happily walking along one direction, and God stops me in my tracks and says, Paula, that is not the way to go. You are walking the wrong direction. You are walking away from me. I want you to repent. You, you can accept my forgiveness. And repentance means this, deliberately turning and walking in the other way, away from what it is that's dragging you away from God. I want to encourage you today, if you are continually and habitually living in sin, you're walking this direction, it's not going to change if you keep walking in this direction. You can come to God so many times and he will forgive you, but if you keep deliberately walking in that way, nothing will change. There has to be a change in action, thought and deed. Turn around and walk the opposite way. Make different choices. Walk a different way. Walk in the forgiveness that's God, that God has given you. He's given it. So walk in it. Walk in a new way. That is what that woman was called to do. And same for her accusers. It's great that Jesus said, um, if, you, if he who has, who, let me read it properly. He who is without sin, cast the first stone. And they knew, they knew the oldest to the youngest. I could imagine the youngest standing there with their rocks ready. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And seeing their granddad drop it, walk away. They know, they know, walk in a different way. They know, one by one, drop them, walk in a different direction. They're out of there. I would hope that some of those would have known that actually that forgiveness was for them too. Actually, I'm not without sin. Walk a different way. I want to say this, forgiveness is great, forgiveness is fabulous, I believe in forgiveness, I believe that we should forgive, we should forgive others, but I want to just put this little thing in there and say this, when someone has deeply, physically or emotionally wounded you and it's a relationship you need to walk away from, forgiveness requires wisdom. I believe in forgiveness but I also believe in wisdom. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean I trust you forever. 
okay? Forgiveness means I can say, hello, I love you in Christ, but I can walk away. That is an okay thing to do. God says, I give you wisdom. It says in the Bible, be as wise as a serpent, but as gentle as a dove. So in forgiveness, when you forgive others, we should forgive because unforgiveness holds us and keeps us bound. We have to forgive. It releases us. But sometimes in forgiveness, it does mean walking a different direction, okay? You with me on that? It's not always the way, but I want you to understand forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean trusting someone in a relationship, okay? So that's just a little side note, just a little side note. But I want you to know that this woman, I pray and hope she walked a different way. Neither do I condemn you. And in order to do that, she needed to forgive herself. She needed to release herself. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I sure have. I've stood before God and said, who am I that I should be forgiven? I'm nothing. I'm no one. In order to really do that whole 180 degree turn, walk a different way, you've got to forgive yourself. Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. In that, in that word, when Jesus says to you, neither do I condemn you, I encourage you to say, let yourself off the hook here. You are forgiven. Be forgiven. Forgive yourself. To, yeah, to accept that full grace of God, forgive yourself. We're going to have a beautiful song in a minute all about this, this grace, this grace that God offers, this forgiveness that he offers. And I today want to encourage you that if you align yourself with the woman and you know you're walking in shame, you are forgiven. Jesus has already paid the price for you. He has lifted up those hands on that cross and he has shed his blood in forgiveness for me, for you, for all of us. And you can receive that today. That is yours. That is your free gift. This is not a gimmick. It's not a, just not, you know... Not just a little, you know, and it comes with free steak knives kind of thing. It's actually, it's real. It's forgiveness. It is free. It is a gift. It is for you. If you're the accuser standing there and you know it, you're jibber-jabbering behind closed doors about so-and-so who did such and such and all that's going on and you know that you're doing that, I want to encourage you to take off those nasty trappings, drop the rocks and you walk in forgiveness too. Be forgiven, let forgiveness flow. Be forgiven and let forgiveness flow. We can move together as a body of Christ when we know who we are in him. We are loved, we are forgiven, we are whole and we are only made whole by him. And oh, I, I hesitate to say to be like Jesus because it's such an ask, isn't it? But it is the thing what we're called to do, to be like him, to be like Jesus, to be that. It, I, I say I hesitate because I know how far I fall from him, you know, like there's Jesus, how can I be like him? But this is the call, isn't it? And there were two simple things he did in that, in that story, which we can all do. Spend time with the Father. Get to know him when you're deep and delve deeply in the Father. You actually learn, you grow, you change, it changes you. I wisely heard someone recently say, pray for those who, you, who are your enemies. 
pray for those who are hurting you. Pray for them. Lift them up before him. Bring those people who are hurting your soul before him. Present that before the Lord. And then let's see what God does. He'll do an amazing, mighty work in me, first of all, when I present myself to him and I go to him. Go to him. And when confronted with a situation where you can gossip, where you can backstab, where you can throw stones, do what Jesus did. Pause, think. Pause, think, pray before you speak and act. Before you speak, act, write, whatever it is. Pause. Let him speak to you and let God do something in here. Oh, I would have that wisdom to stand up and say, he who is without sin. How, how to be like him. Wouldn't that be good? To be like him. Jesus, we come to you today. All broken, all needing forgiveness, all requiring wholeness, we thank you, Jesus, that you stand before us and you say, neither do I condemn you to us. Lord, I pray that today the people in this place will all know your forgiveness, your love and your grace, your mercy. Lord, I pray that you will Take off the clothes of shame and embarrassment and cover us with clothes of righteousness. That's your promise to us. Just want to say thank you for your great love. Today, as we seek him, I want to encourage you to seek him. Just where you're at, if you want to come and kneel, that's great. But I want you to feel that you're free in this place no one's looking with condemnation. No one's looking with eyes of carrying stones. We're not going to do that here, okay? This is a place of freedom. And if today you are walking in bondage of unforgiveness, I encourage you to leave it with him. Leave it at the foot of the cross. I'm going to sing about his amazing grace. Thanks.